0: Hey folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. We are live from Dublin, Ireland, ahead of the NFL season starting off this week. Folks, welcome in. I feel like uh, I feel like an ole, Ireland ole, ole. to start. Uh, I guess before we start, we're presented by United 8 8 Sports. Thanks to them making tonight happen. Thanks to the Woolshed for making tonight happen. Mark Hogan, before we bring our guest in. Well, that was a fun off season. I mean, not much has changed. We've all got a bit older. The Steelers, etc. The Jags. I've lost a bit more
1: hair, but we're here. How are you feeling? Are you ready to go? Yeah. Like I mean, as an Irish fan, I mean, who could be happier with the off season that we just had? It's capped off by Whelan. It's capped off by Whelan making the Green Bay Packers this week. I mean, who's a Green Bay Packers fan already? Yeah. I think there's a few more going to happen. I mean, it's been amazing. Welcome to everyone watching and listening. Also,
0: and. We're going to do a big like, cheer for Dan Whelan and we're going to put it out next Sunday for his parents, the whole family to see. We're going to do the same in Belfast as well, but appreciate everyone being here. Look, you aren't here for us, I think, anyway. You're here for your guests as well. Folks, we're going to bring on a guest tonight who was not only an NFL player, but the Pittsburgh Steelers played rugby and transitioned to the NFL, something that a lot of Irish guys are trying to do at the minute. Can we give a massive, massive Dublin welcome to former tight end and rugby player Christian Scotland Williamson? I, uh, I still can't get over how tall you are in real life, Mark. I'm like, I'm looking up and I'm like, wow, here in Falchia, welcome to Ireland. Now, before we start off, I've already marked changed the questions. Can you
2: talk to us, Christian, about your Irish heritage? Because I had no idea about this before we booked Christian. So um, I did an ancestry test and uh, I have 1% Irish blood, so um, <laughs> I'm locked in. <laughs> but even more than that, I guess from experience, uh, I've got an uncle who's... Um, Born and raised in Feathered, he's a proud uh, Tipperary man. So he took me to All Ireland finals in um, 2010, I think, when we beat Galway. So I was screaming up Tip from when I was about two, three years old. That's one of the first words I said. Uh, is anyone from Tip here? Oh,
0: okay. Happy days, happy days, up Tip, up Tip. I, I'm on the Galway side of the divide, uh, no, that's not that much. <laughs> okay, fair enough. For anyone that's been living under some sort of rock, Christian, and hasn't heard of you before. Tell us a bit about yourself because you've had an unbelievable like, your journey over the last years.
2: Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been very different. I was never in a rugby academy, so I started up playing rugby when I was nine years old because I got too big and they put me in goal playing football and it was pretty boring. So I sat down one day and I got kicked off the team and I never went back. Um, but then grew up playing rugby, um, was very passionate about it, went to Loughborough University because a uh, great sporting institution It gave me a chance to have an education. And in my final year, playing there, I actually went and played an A-League game for Worcester Warriors, the then Worcester Warriors, obviously the clubs no more. And they gave me a chance and six weeks after playing my first A-League game, I signed my first professional contract in the changing room before running out on my debut and scoring in front of a packed out Friday night lights. And that's how my professional journey started and that was in 2013. Then played four years professional rugby with Worcester made a big tackle that went viral. Suddenly, the NFL's international office started calling me. Put the phone down, I thought it was one of my teammates playing a prank on me, who who gets calls from the NFL saying, hey, we think you'd be good to cross over. Um, And then I actually picked up the phone, went down to the London games, which was the Vikings against the Browns in 2017. Score was 33-16 to the Vikings. Gave me the whole recruiting pitch. Took me pitch side, said, This could all be yours. The fireworks are going off. I saw everyone in real life and I thought, yeah, it could be. (laughs) So then um, got out of my contract with Worcester and flew to IMG in Florida in the January of 2018 for a three and a half month intensive camp to basically go from a rugby player who was just a casual football fan to then getting ready to go for a regional combine at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers facility and then eventually end up with the Steelers. Um, and that's obviously why I'm here. But in terms of a journey, it was one that I couldn't have written and one that has filled me with immense pride and a, a lot of great memories, especially because I was actually a Steelers fan from when I was a teenager. So it was all very kind of fortuitous that I ended up there in the first place. And
1: rewinding a little bit, like you mentioned a few sports there, what was your love of even America? What was
2: your first love of a sport when you were younger? Was it the football or was it the rugby? Or what was... Well, I always played rugby because I wanted to play a collision sport. My dad was a boxer. My brother, older brother, played basketball. um, And I was running around diving on the floor when I was playing basketball. So I wasn't suited for that game at all. And the idea of giving a foul for just going like this to someone didn't really sit well with me. It didn't make sense. Um, So I wanted to play a collision sport. If I had grown up and had American football on my doorstep, I probably would have played it a lot earlier. Um, I had the opportunity to go to high school in America, but chose to stay in England to pursue my education um, and actually now I'm a barrister as well so it kind of worked out pretty well. Um, but then the Steelers, Troy Konomalu, I used to watch his highlight tapes before I went out and played rugby games and just the way he played and also the humility he had off the field but with that kind of Tasmanian devil, kind of devilish attitude and how he got after the quarterback and just made plays, it was something that I didn't really see on my doorstep with rugby. and the culture around football, the enthusiasm that everyone had, and as well as it's the ultimate team sport is what really attracted me me to it. And I guess Troy Polamalu was my gateway to Steelers, then Coach Tomlin as well. And then I just kind of stuck with my team from there. Here, why play tight end? Like you're going from one sport to the other, why did that position stick out to you? Um, so I could have played defensive end, tight end, or tackle. And for me, I wanted to really enjoy the process of transitioning to um, the NFL where I had to have a ball in my hands i'd always grown up with a ball in my hands i wanted to be able to show that if i caught the ball i could be a mismatch or a problem for linebackers and safeties and things like that as well as having the blocking element and for me just being a um just being a tackle wouldn't have been as interesting for me because it's not Super wrestling don't get me wrong but it's not what i would consider fun in tennis yeah.
1: sport so i mean we couldn't have had a better time for this with dan Williams. news what is it like that feeling when you had to sign with, whether it's the Steelers or whatever, when
2: you say I'm an NFL player, what is that being on hype? It's incredible. The feeling of um, signing with the Steelers, I thought I was going to get allocated to the Ravens. Um, I didn't think that I would get allocated to the Steelers because it would have been too good to be true um, because I was a, a fan from when I was younger and the opportunity to play for Coach Tomlin was something that I just never could have dreamed of, so I thought I was going to end up going to, this, to the Ravens. They ended up drafting uh, Hayden Hurts, and another tight end, so that wouldn't have been a good situation for me to go to because it was quite a, a clock room for me to, to compete in. And then I got a call from Omar Khan, and uh, my friend Jordan actually filmed my reaction to that, to that phone call, and it was sheer disbelief. Um, it was, a, I saw a Pittsburgh area code pop up on my phone, and I thought, there's no way this is it. There's no way I have an opportunity to make a name for myself at my dream franchise, at one of the most historic franchises in the NFL. And it was a real pinch us up moment. And when I got to make the phone call back home to my family, it all kind of became really real. Brilliant. I'm going to do my Dahi moment, folks. around and ask people, get people to ask questions. Christopher, so you're very welcome to Dublin. Um, quick question. You mentioned earlier about, about guys being late for uh, meetings and stuff. Do you think that the NIL stuff could make um, the transition from college to the pros more difficult in that players could be, maybe feel more entitled? And they have an easier lifestyle in college. They're making millions and then all of a sudden they're drafted, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round or whatever, like, and they just might find that, tr- that transition more difficult to them. Yeah, that's the hard thing. Um, the fines are big for a reason. Um, I think our fines were $1,500 if you were late for a meeting, but no one was really ever late um, for that reason. Uh, with, with the NIL side of things, I think it's right that players are able to capture some reward from the output where they're generating billions of dollars for Uh, the NCAA and in college, but at the same time it's created free agency with 17 to 20-year-olds where some of them might not know the best decisions for themselves. Uh, So when you get to then the pros, being able to manage expectations when someone's already been living a million dollar lifestyle. I mean, I watched the Johnny Manziel (laughs) documentary on uh, Netflix recently and I had no idea that it was at the level that it was. I think even to an extent it was potentially played down. So... There is the the potential to create the Divas, as it were, but then that also speaks to what is the organization's culture, what is the leadership within the team, where it has to be self-policing, where it's not just about the money, but it's actually about the victories on the weekend and then ultimately the Super Bowl.
1: So I'm going to ask for a prediction. Who do you think is going to be the strongest team in the league this year, and who's going to take it
2: to the Super Bowl? I think the Eagles and the Chiefs are running back. Um, I think... NFC is a easier conference, so San Francisco. I've got worries about their quarterback situation. That's the only thing. If they could, if they could have kept a quarterback, I don't know you're you a bit worried. Uh, if they could have, if they could have found their answer a quarterback, I think that's a team to beat in the NFL, um, just because they're loaded and they've been ready to win for a long time. But Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Until they lose, I think that's MVP. That's Favourites Super Bowl, um, but the Eagles team is serious. It's really serious. I think if they commit to the run game this year and don't shy away from it, then that's going to be a real problem.
0: All right, the NFL season gets underway on Thursday night. Who's ready for the season to start, folks? <laughs> that, that one week, the one week where we all think, oh, my God, my team's going to win the Super Bowl. Who, who said the Bears? <laughs> that's it. The Bears of hope. Everyone has hoped. The Cardinals are Pope Mark, at some oh, point. No, that's the one team. I, I, I won 17. Let's go. It's funny because Mark made a graphic of the Cardinals last week and his own fan base are starting to get annoyed at them. We've spun it. <laughs> okay. And we're going to do five topics tonight in Dublin. We're going to do five topics in Belfast. First one, best division in football. AFC North AFC North is one of the best divisions of football. We already got people shouting AFC East in the, in the crowd, Mark. And who the hell is going to win this? Because you've got... Uh, I think no team has ever won the AFC North three years in a row since the division began back in '02. back in the year where Robbie done against Germany. Hard to believe it's that long ago. But seriously, man, like, everyone's in the Bengals. We were talking about the Bengals in the way in on the taxi. Ravens fans think with Lamar's money, they're going to be all in. Steelers fans have got hope after what they've seen over the last few weeks. And what on earth, like, what on earth do we expect from Deshaun? So, Mark,
1: what do you reckon first off with this AFC North? It's so rare, I don't think it'll, it's ever happened, that the division winners repeat the next year. So if I'm saying that the Chiefs are going to win the West, if I'm saying the Jags are going to win the South, the East, you have to lean on the Bills. Although, I mean, that's the story for another day. But I think the Bengals are the one that are under serious pressure. They just about, like, everyone thinks that they were dominant last year. But at the end of the day, like, they didn't run through that division. They had they obviously had the tie-break game in week 18, that if they'd lost to the Bengals, it would have been the tie-break for the home field advantage. They played, obviously within the division last year, they split them. They never, never played the quarterback twice. They played, what, Deshaun Watson and beat him when he was two games back. They beat Mitchell Trubisky seven games into his career. They beat Anthony, or who was the quarterback for the Ravens in week 18, that can be a question. Well, That when there was nothing to play for. So when there was games on the line, they lost them. They lost against Mitchell Duboissey when Joe, uh, Joe Burrow had a fantastic game. But he threw four interceptions, and the Cedars the won that. The same happened against the other division's opponents. So it's like we're saying that this division has tightened up massively, massively. Like, we'll run through the teams now, but I just think that the Bengals are under pressure. And it's like they obviously are a Super Bowl-caliber team, but if you throw them into the AFC wall-card mix all of a sudden, that's a tough path to go down. It's – Christian, question is funny because like
0: a lot of people i think one of the earlier storylines in the offseason was lavar jackson getting paid you've got safe flyers there a lot of people now expect odell now to come in and and perform for this offense jackson's legs are magic but Odell Beckham hasn't played a down in the nfl in how long now now look i know everyone can, everyone can get injured etc but like like that was quite a while ago so i just don't see how the ravens could go in the afc north at the moment I know it was a Ravens fan in the back, so don't
2: shout. I, I agree. Um, what do you think of this division? Not that I'm biased, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of teams are sleeping on the Steelers. Um, I think home field advantage really matters in the AFC North, where you win your home game, you steal one or two away, and you could suddenly be top of the division. And uh, the Browns is still yet to be proven what Deshaun Watson will offer them, especially coming off of... Uh, uh, underwhelming first season with Browns, I will say. Uh, They've still got a stellar running back in Nick Chubb, solid defense, but then you go to the Ravens, whose defense isn't as good as it has always and historically been. So there are questions on that side of the ball. They struggled with health last year. Then you turn to the Steelers who, with 20th pick, select Kenny Pickett last year. Then he's in his second year, played three preseason games. Their starters have played in the preseason, so they're starting to gel, get some reps together. Then you also have to question Joe Burrow's health. If Joe Burrow is healthy, there's also a conversation with him being an MVP caliber candidate if they can go through Kansas City and beat Mahomes this year. So I actually would say it's probably potentially between the Bengals and the Steelers because Coach Tomlin, for some reason, has always had Lamar Jackson's number on defense. He's always been able to find a way to um, shut him down and be able to kind of reduce his impact in games. We got a show of hands before you put your point in. Show Hans, are the Browns going
1: to win the AFC North? Not one person in this bar has put the... I mean, I can kind of see. Like, Look, Deshaun Watson brought that through our team through the doldrums, obviously the whole storyline. But before he was traded for, they had the best offensive line in the league. Those guys haven't gone anywhere. They have the best running back in the league. They have an extremely complimentary group of wide receivers. So the knock on Deshaun Watson is his time out of the league and that he is no longer playing in a dome, which obviously helped him play better in Houston. But then when you look at the other side of the ball, their problem last year was they were getting run all over. Ooh. They went and got Dalvin Thompson to help with that. Mosgar was getting double-teamed more than anyone else in the league, but he still had like the best win rate in the league. They went down and got Sidarius Smith, who was the fifth most double-teamed. God, you can't double-team the two, them. They already have Shelby Harris out there to help with the run game as well. They have an elite room of defensive backs. They've been putting first-round picks in the likes of Grand Elbow and that that I think that their defense is absolutely serious. It's all on whether Deshaun Watson can get back to a level. He doesn't have to get to elite. Like They, they are so talented that team. And Again, I, I'm not saying that they definitely win, but like I, ha- I think they have to be in the conversation for it. Well, I think if you go back to whenever Deshaun was allowed to play in the preseason last year, like
0: obviously it was a while from when he played. The drop-off was substantial. He goes back in against the Texans, wasn't it? Remember that last year? NFL always seems to have these incredibles. you can't make it up, can you? Um, just the performance just wasn't there. So it, that is that is one of the biggest storylines. Can he get even 90%, 85% of where he was? So that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, hands up for the Bengals to win it. Oh, okay. Ha- hands up to the Ravens. My man at the back there. Good man. And hands up to the Steelers.
2: It's quite tight with the Bengals and Theaters, isn't it? It's quite tough. I think that just speaks to the strength of the division. Um, like I said, if a team steals one away from home, mm-hmm. suddenly that could change the whole picture of the AFC North. And we don't know what we're getting at of
1: Baltimore, because obviously, like, I mean, can anyone name something more exciting going into the NFL season than seeing what this Baltimore offense is going to be? Because, like, Lamar for years has had excuses, whether it's that he hasn't the wide receivers, whether it's health, whether it's Greg Roman's offense. Whereas now he has Todd Munkin, who obviously rode the success of the Georgia Bulldog, and is now back into the NFL. He has this talent now. I know you mentioned a second, one we didn't really go into it. Odell Beckham with the Giants was an elite wide receiver one. He wasn't that in Cleveland. He looked back to his old self when he was in L.A., but that's because he has Cooper Cup also yeah. taking a lot of attention off him. So when he, I don't think that he can be the absolute out-and-out wide receiver one. I kind of have concerns over, say, Flowers because – The comp for him is Marquise Brown. He was already with the team. So they do have more talent there. They have stockballed more. Those guys, in the first few weeks at least, are going to be able to take pressure from... They're not going to face back boxes. So the running game is going to open up. You're going to see Lamar at his best on the ground. J.K. Dobbins, they get after him at fantasy. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of concern Then You mentioned then the the defense isn't as star-packed as it once was. Like, yeah, you have your Martin Holpries, but who else in that backfield... So, I mean, the defense probably has to be definitely average and then hope that that offense hits the ceiling that we hope and we want to see. But if it doesn't, I think that Ravens can be the bottom of the division. Let's be controversial and move on to the next topic, but let's be controversial very quickly. Who's going to win AFC North? I have it going. Browns, Bengals, Steelers. Browns, Bengals, Steelers, and Ravens. Thank you for the TikTok reel. I love that because we'll
0: go we'll, we'll back to it win it. Yes. I'm uh, going Bengals Steelers Ravens Browns yeah I'm the exact same I think the Bengals will win it I think the Steelers the sack and I think the Ravens and Steelers could both make the playoffs for the Ravens fan that probably hits me in the room now.
1: whoever gets and that wild card spot coming out of that division that's gonna be the wildcard card game that everyone is excited but well, the AFC yeah. is stacked like I mean you can't I suppose I'm just, I'm just contradicting myself
0: it's very unlikely of them we're gonna come out of that in, in, in that sense as well so we'll see we'll see we're gonna jump on to the next topic and We've got some unbelievable youth in terms of talent in the NFL, and we're going to look at the wide receiver position. Tight end as well? No? No, not too long. No? Totally no. <laughs> too
1: long. I'm, I'm panicking saying, him now. I guess what we were talking was like, they transition from the college game now at the moment. It's like they're saying that all these wide receivers are just like made for the program yes. straight off the bat. But I think what was particularly interesting last year is that all these wide receivers are with new quarterbacks that they haven't been with. I mean, like, Christian Watson was with Jordan Love. It was one start with the Packers. Drake London was with Desmond Ritter. his was four starts. Rodgers doesn't have any when he's with Garrett Wilson. with the, And it's like the only ones that have been with their team for a while is Jared Goff with the Lions and Jameson Williams and Tannehill and Traylon Burke. So it's like there's a lot of projection there still. But I feel like some of them are going to be superstars. Some of them aren't. But right now, they all look extremely even. The biggest
0: pity one of, the, of that one is probably for me is Jemison is Williams. I was going to say Jemison there, but it's... It's too early in the night for that. Like, had his injury issues last year, had a good spell November, December, and then this year is banned for, banned for six games for betting in college sports. We now see Thursday night the Lions go into Arrowhead. I mean, Christian, like, forgetting of who Jameson Williams is, when you have that fantastic talent going the year two,
2: that's a guy that Dan Campbell and Golf needs on the sideline on Thursday night. Yeah, definitely. I think you saw them go up and down the field last year, and then if only they defense could come up with a stop every once in a while they'd be a completely different record and a nailed on playoff contender so i think the jump is expected there i'd actually expect detroit to finish top of the pile um for their conference actually oh am i am i being controversial thinking the green bay is going to challenge that
0: is it? is that controversial they're like six to one at the minute be, be gamble the that big uh, that? well a uh, major um, role of that is christian watson won the wide receivers there it would be such a green bay thing yeah. to lose Rodgers. And for the Bears fans, the Lions fans, and the Vikings fans, why people think they're going to take a step down, thing. this is finally our year. And then Jordan Love and Dan Whelan whoa, gets the opportunity. But I was going to mention Chris Olave. Like, I feel obviously, it, it's such a long time ago now in the offseason whenever Derek Harkman in New Orleans. Chris Olave last year was productive for the games that he was with Jameis Winston. He had 32 passes, 495 yards, two touchdowns in six games wasn't great across the rest of the nine games. I really feel that Derek Carr in a quite, a, like I'm not saying it's a substandard conference in comparison to the AFC, the Seals could make a serious run this season. You get Olave in year two and you see how he goes. If they get an early connection this season, I'm all for it.
2: Yeah, I think you saw Chris Olave actually kind of come to the fore when he played in London last year. Um, I was actually broadcasting that game and to see him live, he creates great separation, very shifty player. And even though he hasn't got that top-end burst, He's got a super high IQ, so whether they can forge that relationship in one off season with Derek Carr and what Derek Carr looks like in that Saints uniform is still to be determined. But also, there's a distractor in Alvin Kamara when he comes back, so it's not as if it's all on his shoulders. Who's 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 up next to you, my friend? The
1: one that I'm most I'm torn between Olave and two others, but I think Garrett Wilson is an All Pro this year. He has to be an All Pro, right? That's to or no? I think he has to be because. When you're looking at it, it's like, here's his quarterback? Aaron Rodgers, what does Aaron Rodgers want to do? Prove everyone wrong. And it's like he's trying to get back into everyone's good books. With last year, we had an offensive rookie of the year that had Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson as his quarterback. If you remove Zach Wilson, his numbers were up there with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase's rookie year. If he was able to put up numbers with those guys, imagine what he's going to do with Aaron Rodgers, who's going to want to feed him the ball and has back to back MVPs with Devontae Adams. I think that. The the best part of that trade for Rogers was that he went with Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year one year. He has to go operate the next. A couple of ones that I was looking at was Jahan Dotson. He had I
0: think it was between week thirteen and eighteen last year. He had three to four touchdowns over four hundred yards receiving. The, the biggest question mark for me is, and we've we've had him on before. Ron Rivera, love the guy, but what exactly is the Washington Commanders like generally? Do we have any Commanders fans in here tonight? There you go. That can't make the final edit. That can't make the final one. Oh, dear God. What I was saying, though, in all seriousness, that is the most question mark division. Like, if, if, if the commanders can get an offense together, with Dotson being up there, with, with Scary Terry it works, can they make a push? Because the Giants, I just don't know what's going to happen this year with them. We're all expecting Dak to do something at some point this year. And the Eagles, well, I mean, we'll talk about them down the stretch in a wee minute so there's that and then also I guess Treylon Burks you know if you're going to put so much on a second year guy why do you bring in DeAndre Hopkins you know I think like I understand you've got more more of an offensive threat there but if I'm Trelon Burks and I see DeAndre Hopkins coming I'm thinking well look whatever happened to Julio Julio Jones when he went from Atlanta to Tennessee so look the Titans are a massive question mark as well but this is the beauty of the league you just cannot guess or you cannot predict what's going to happen and we we'll see all the action here
1: next week, Mark, in the Woolshed for our uh, Week One Meetup. That was a good flex. <laughs> I think when you're saying about uncertainty, you have to look at what they have in Atlanta there. With they uh, have Bijan Robinson, they have um, yeah. the injured bot staying the tight end. B cop hits, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's will the wide receiver. The wide receiver room is in, in Atlanta is poor, but they got a guy last year that I think with Desmond Ritter at the helm, he was so much better than Mariota. So it's like, what's Atlanta's offense going to be? Does it be John Robinson distract with a run game that's so powerful that it opens up a wide receiving game? Or does he just take all the- Bell cow. Yeah, 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 for real. Or does he take all the
0: target? This is where we get controversial. This is the third topic. We're not doing this in Belfast, so I want people to shout, get involved in the we once. want. We will get questions at the end. and We'll put them together. Okay, let's start with you, my friend. Is this Bill Belichick's last year
2: as the New England Patriots head coach and GM? This is tough. This is really tough. I've actually been um, racking my brains about this. (laughs) People talking in there, I love looks. I think no. I think no, I think he's too close. I think he does one more season. Um, I think the problem with the move from Tom Brady is they haven't cemented an identity for what is the Patriots way now. Who's at the quarterback position, Matt Jones, is it the long-term answer when you don't have depth in the skill positions around him? He can't overcome that deficit in a way that, perhaps, in a complacent way, the Patriots were used to Tom Brady being able to play with above-average skill players but not exceptional skill players and still get results, still get them to the big dance. That's not happening anymore. And to be missing the playoffs and only be in the playoffs, think, one in the last three seasons and then unceremoniously be knocked out by the Bills, um, there's only so long that Robert Kraft will kind of accept that kind of performance. So I think this year he has to finish probably with a nine win season and try and push to the postseason season if he can. And then beyond that, it's time to maybe look at retirement or making the change going right into next year. But being within touching distance to that all time win record uh, and the competitor that you know Bill Belichick must be, I don't think you walk away from a 24 year career at the helm without having a shot. Do you think you're still with New England though? Yeah, I think I think he is. I don't. I, I think I think he retires with New England. I don't think there's nothing that would give evidence to Bill Belichick with the GM hat on being able to have the same kind of influence on another organization. Let's say he went to the Cardinals, for example. I don't think he turns that around. <laughs> I think though, though that's what his in doing will be with when
1: he goes for a Cole Strange or he obviously flopped on Nikhil Harry. Those those GM mistakes are what's going to cost him not the coaching on this defense because. But then on the flip side of that, it's like he suits like when you're talking about Tom Brady and him being a matchman ever. We're not going to get back to those heights. They were perfect for one another. Bill Belichick, said. Wickersham tells a story in his book about how in year two of Brady's career, you know, when he first beat out Bledsoe, that he was talking to Belichick behind the scenes. And Belichick told a story to him saying, I go up to Brady and ask him, what did he see on defense? He gives me every single thing he saw. And Belichick goes and watches the tape. And he says, I saw exactly that. So that's why they were the perfect quarterback for one another. Equally then, it's the perfect quarter or GM slash guy that's running the team is Bill Belichick for Robert Krapp, Because there's stories of him being a penny pincher back in the day when he was turning off the lights in the facility when the players had just moved out of the room. Bill Belichick doesn't spend in free agency. Going back to like when he first came in, he got Mike Rabel. They call themselves built on the middle class, that they never go out and splash in free agency. So. Robert Kraft, when he like looks to who is coming in next, he needs that ruthlessness and that ear. I don't think he'll be ready for it, even when it has to happen. Forget about the total wins. I do think that that's important, but also coming up is the most losses ever for Belichick or Belichick as well, which is going to come sooner. But like, I, I just I don't see how we could get rid of him because where does he go? I think where he goes is
0: like like you said, that's it for him. I look. I don't want to be down to Patriots fans. Patriots are a fantastic franchise. What they've done, what they've done in Germany in the last couple of years is unbelievable. And that sort of stems my point. Like, If you look at where that team was prior to winning their first ring, in terms of significance in the league to now, what they have done in that time period is inanimate. However, Tom Brady goes 20th Paddy's day, 2020, the world was shutting down. COVID was happening. It was mad. And Tom Brady goes on Instagram and says, I'm done, lads. Or I'm going to, I'm going to Tampa Bay, whatever was it the trade design had one of the books I can't remember anymore anyway from that moment what has happened they bring in Cam Newton they get Matt Jones in and I you would need to see a hell of a like a, you know, an added improvement from Matt Jones this year alongside different decisions you know obviously there's questionable draft decisions that being said they are now in a position where they were looking down on the AFC East for the guts of 15 years and now they're looking up and I do feel at some point record or, record or no record sorry that he will have to say to himself maybe it is time and, and i look i feel that robert Kraft wants to win he's at the age where he wants to see one or two more rings probably one i, I just don't see I, I think at the end of the day it comes down to business decisions i, I used to look at it like a sir alex ferguson leaving as i'm a die hard depressed mommy fan. and now i look at it like it's a bit like wenger where he was so good and it's just step and step and step. And it's like, well, what? You're going to let us go into 2026, 2027, whenever Josh Allen could have a ring. Rodgers could win the Super Bowl this year. Miami could win the Super Bowl. Like, it's, ex- and that's not, I mean, the Patriots could have a great year. They could wait eight, nine, ten games. But because of the conference they're in, because of the division, and it's so hard for them to get to a playoff. And if they get to the playoffs, you don't, like, I, mean, I think the neutral does not want to see New England go to a Patriots, sorry, go to the Bills Stadium or go somewhere else and get blown out. You want to see Mac Jones do well this year. I just don't see how they gonna take that step up. And do you know what? Why not? I, I think this will be his last year in New England. I just because you know you've all said no. I know there, there's public
1: snipes there and he's like bigging up Jared Mayo, who's obviously, you know. I'm, it, and you know, I'm Bill O'Brien as well. So they have these guys there. But I, I have to think about the Bill Parcell's transition when Kraft and Parcells just were button heads. He goes to New York, he gets in P. Carroll. I think he regretted getting P. carol in for a minute and then Ourselves it was so stubborn, there there's such a stubbornness between the two that he wouldn't even trade Belichick back. We know the whole retired before ever coaching it down for the New York Jets. I, I think Kraft learned his lesson 20 years ago and that he's not, he knows how hard it is to hit on a head coach. Bill Be- or Bill O'Brien wasn't it for the Houston Texans, you know, he was until he wasn't. So I think, I think Kraft learned his lesson.
2: I think with that though, it's um, Bill O'Brien, the coach, was great for the Texans, Bill O'Brien, the GM, was dreadful. Um, and then you look at the squad and the roster depth, they're not quite in a rebuild phase, but they're not yeah. ready to compete. If you look at who's on the roster, they bring in Juju Schuster Mish- this year as well, but is he a true number one for you in that system? You've got, you've overpaid really for Titans, which haven't really worked out the past two, three years in terms of that experiment. And so they've actually gone into their pockets and spent in free agency, but actually not hit with any value that's produced results. So. The question would be is, do they end, then go into a rebuild next year? And if so, is that the time to move on? Belichick hates the Patriots when Rogers moves on from the Jets. Or sorry, hates the Jets.
1: When Rogers moves on from the Jets, I think that's when Jose's job is still on.
0: I can't wait to see how Zach Wilson plays whenever Rogers does move on. Maybe he might win a ring. We'll talk about that in five minutes. Uh, not right, look, Patriots fans, yourself, I hope we haven't annoyed anyone. We all know like, that. Like I genuinely don't, basically don't support a team anymore. Because it's like you, just, you look at all 32 teams, we all grew up watching them. So I think it would be great. Imagine the Patriots were really, really good this year in that division. It would be such a great thing to see. So we'll see. All right, all right. I'm, try, I'm trying to keep balancing. There they are. Uh, here's the topic we're all looking forward to. Topic number four who's going to win MVP this season? Can I just be controversial and start off before? Right, this guy has won it four times. 2011, 2014, 2020, 2021. Anyone that watched Hard Knocks in the first two and a half minutes knows exactly what I'm talking about. I genuinely wanted to beat up my TV whenever I seen Robert Sala making that statement. I just feel that Aaron Rodgers now looks refreshed. He looks like a new man. He looks like he went, I don't know, like maybe in like a dark room for like four days and just started, you know? But he just looks more at, at ease with himself. There's no reason why he can't throw for 4,500 yards this season. I don't know. I, I don't want to give my pick away for the Super Bowl, but I just feel like, and I've said this in different podcasts. you've got, you've got destiny here, but it just feels like Rodgers is going to have a hell of a year, a statement of the year. I'm not saying he's going to win the Super Bowl, not yet. But I feel like he's going to be the MVP this season. Uh, you don't you don't look happy at all what do you what, what do you reckon
2: kirk cousins
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I was like <laughs> <laughs> no we no no but seriously um, uh oh, hold on <laughs> are you not going to tell so we we were sitting chatting i'm like i was like who are you going to pick for MVP? and he was like gone for the crack just pick kirk Cousins.
2: i don't i don't think you're actually going to do it uh, no, nah, I, think, I think it's going to be Mahomes. I, I do think it's going to be Mahomes, yeah. Um, I think until he shows the world that he's not the best quarterback in the league, I don't know how you pick someone else. I 100%
1: agree. For the reason I learned earlier with the Ravens, if things do go well for the Ravens, I think they give it back to Lamar because he's going to look better than he's ever looked before, but that's a big if. And that's why I think like Mahomes, the same when he was sponsored by it, it's board. That's where you go. It's your money. Uh, the writers think, I think, it's crazy. The media just hates him now. Well, let's just, you know, for half
0: the people, at least in this room with MST jerseys on, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy. Uh, there we go. There we go. Uh, who pretty have we got? Daniel Jones. Joe Burrow. I mean, yeah, I'm like, there you go. Justin Fields would be an interesting choice. And um, let's... Uh, Let's like now mark you for this one, right? So we're gonna basically go over the over-under win totals for the year As karaoke starts. Can everyone hear that? Yeah Good god, right? We're gonna do this and then we're gonna get Super Bowl picks and we get some questions So right, we're gonna go over under totals for certain teams Now, I have forgot We're only doing AFC. I am telling you there's stiff team teams there So your boy has forgot about a team. So whoever it is, let me know at the end and we will sort of like anywho. So we're going to do it AFC over under win total. Uh, right, Ravens, 10.5 wins. I'm going to say under 10.5
1: wins. Over. Under.
0: Bills, 10.5. Over.
1: Over. Under.
0: Oh, way. Hey. <laughs> Two to open the division. Bengals, 10.5. Yeah, over. Albert. Over. 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 Uh, is nine and a half. Under. Oh, over. You Is that why you're wearing that jumper tonight, huh? I think eight wins. Eight uh, wins. It, oh, okay. Uh, Broncos eight and a half. Under. Ball, on ball. Under. Under. It's two overs at the back there. Fair play, uh, man. Texans six and a half. Do you know what? Do you know what? Over. Nah, I'm done. Under, yeah. Miko. maybe head coach of the year there.
1: Uh, Colts, six and a half. Over, yeah. Over. Oh, Anthony Richardson, oh. unless he is like Conor Murray, with no a teammate. running mate. Well, oh, wow, well, wow. Well. We,
2: we hope the situation can the be rectified. Here. That's tough. Anthony Richards is a running back for the season, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going under.
0: Shout out to Jeff Reinbold, who literally hates Anthony Richardson so much. I don't know why. Jags nine and a half is interesting. Over, over. Surgeon, over. surprise team. Good. Global Markets team, over. KC, 11 and a half.
1: Over, oh, <laughs> over, oh, over.
0: I mean, over. Uh, if I say under, to win 18 or 17 games. Uh, Chargers nine and a half is interesting. I'm going to say under. Over, over. Justin Herbert. No, I'm saying
2: that because they're going to lose against the Chiefs twice and they're going to lose against them here and I think they're in for some surprises I think Justin Herbert's is finally going to be unshackled and let loose to throw some deep balls he is someone who's probably going to throw for over four and a half thousand yards I was really eyeing them when we spoke to Tom Velasco and
1: ever since then I've come down and gone under yeah we had Tom Velasco I just like they have that depth for the starting 11 on offense and defense but it's going to drop off because that's how the Chargers roll right we have got five more teams and I've definitely forgot about one the
0: Dolphins nine and a half, I am going to say. Over.
2: Over, their skill positions,
1: <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Two or 2.0. Yeah, I love big Joe. I just hope that he gets off to a hot
0: star and goes over. I feel like if we had said under, people would go nuts at the back, there. So I said there. The Patriots, six and a half. Over. <laughs>
1: Flat six, (laughs) under. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. I go over. I think Babsik has to get over seven or eight. J-E-T-S. Nine and a half. Over.
0: A lot of unders in the crowd. I I don't think it's going to click
1: as quickly as people think. I think maybe next year. You've got Buffalo winning next uh, month. Yeah, yeah, I think Buffalo are going to win. I go over. I think that the offense is the real star of the show there. It's not even the offense, so the defense will get them there. Nathaniel Hackett's a good star as well. Um,
0: Pittsburgh, eight and a half. Over. 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 Tennessee. This, 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 so this is the last team, in Tennessee. Who uh, I forgot? Oh I feel Baggage are from the room now. Well, you know what? Let, 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 let's start with Raiders, and we're going to say eight and a half. Raiders, eight and a half. I'm going to say under for the crack. Will you reckon?
2: Yeah, I reckon over.
0: Under. Under. Right, Tennessee, seven and a half, folks.
1: Under. Under. I think they have notions about themselves, but it's under, I think. Under. Over. Trenall Burks.
0: DeAndre yeah, Andre Hopkins. Banking Ryan Tannen. Well, well, that's it. Okay, who's going to be the best rookie quarterback this season? I'm going to say, I'm going to be controversial and say, Bryce show So I don't think, I don't. Think <laughs> 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 well, but Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson loses yeah. like
2: 10 games, but his stats are 10 out of 10, apart from all the I have him in my fantasy league for uh, the back end of the season, the Colts have got a nice run in, so I reckon he has to prove what he can do with his arm, but what he can do with his legs is a is, uh, is a fait accompli. So let's go, uh, Anthony Richardson. Give me one good reason.
1: <laughs> There's a song on the back. We've got. this is the silliest thing. I was gonna go Anthony Richardson for what I've seen the preseason. Like his stats aren't there, but when you watch him, he's electric. He's like a better Glenn Murray, and he's huge as well. He's like he's huge. And at least if the offense or defense is on
0: fire, he's a firefighter. So that's his story, backstory. That was awful. Let's move on. Right, final topic before we get some questions in. Were, are you on to Vegas? Are you, are you on to Vegas? The Super Bowl? Is that the plan? I, I met this guy for the first time in Phoenix. I'm, you know, great, great. I mean, look look at us now. Yeah, We're I'm done. hoping to. I'm hoping to. Right. Be broadcasting. Who's going to be there? Oh. Uh, we'll, we'll see his there for Pines, but I mean, like, who's going to play in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Super Bowl, 58. So, <laughs> that wasn't planned. Thank you, lads. Bruce Hill.
2: <laughs> uh, I think it's the Birds and the Chiefs again. And then they're running it back. I think the birds are going to do it. Did you say bears? Birds. Oh, birds.
0: birds. I was like, eagle. a I was like, go birds. Good. Cool. Okay. Um,
1: go on. I'll, I'll give mine in a minute. I think boys here are going to be happy. It has to be the 49ers this year. It has to be. Because, and like, Carl Shannon started off his career, like, not having a quarterback, and he's rattled through them since. So we always said when he gets what. He loves the system quarterback, and I think, I said this on a different podcast, I think Sam Darnold's going to be starting come playoff time. I think he's going to work as a I think it's going to be the 49ers win it all. I
0: I think after so many years, don't boo me here. I, Why not? Why can't the Jets get to a Super Bowl? And Matt, no, hold on, wait. If you don't like it, wait I think it's better. Jets-Eagles Super Bowl. Philly, New Jersey. Wrecking ball in, in Vegas. And Rodgers loses against Jalen Hurts. And, and the and the Eagles win the Super Bowl. They should have won it last year. That was, I mean, don't even start me on that. We're literally right behind where I think it happened at the end. I think the Eagles win the Super Bowl. And I think that Rodgers beats Mahomes in Arrowhead in the AFC Championship. Oh, and now the Chiefs are definitely winning the Super Bowl, folks. There, there's your team. Folks, obviously the season starts Thursday night. You've got the Lions against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And then you got some great games on Sunday. I think the first game on TV is the Steelers against the Niners. Uh, it's been great in Dublin, folks. Can we just like thank you all for being here? Thank you to the other sponsors. Thank the Woolshed. Things people don't see off camera, off podcast. The Woolshed are fantastic. So folks, please give yourselves a round of applause and the Woolshed as well. Thank you. <laughs> After seven months, the NFL returns this week, folks. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for watching. A and we will see you soon. Enjoy the NFL season this weekend. And it wouldn't be a sense for me to fight this guy for being here. Bye folks, appreciate it.